Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 82 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, then and now, with the Idler Bills, but Mr. Terry Curran, how are you, mate? Steady away. Steady just away. Got the book, just got the book practically finished now. When? So let's... Going, to, going to the publishers to be, um, we've, we've got the cover done. I'll send you the cover, by the way. Yes, I, I've seen it. It's actually on my profile picture on my Facebook page. Really yeah. with the cover of it. Yeah. It looks really good. So how long will it be until it's out in the shops? When are the pre-orders? What's well, the next what stage? Doing, Gabby, it's going to be um, August, September. Yep. And I'm going to be selling it. Yep. I don't, I'm not going to put it in the shops. I'm going to be selling it from my uh, Facebook wall yep. and uh, Twitter and all that type of thing. Yep. So I, I've got loads of orders for it now. Yeah, I'll put it on the uh, in all the groups that I'm in, the um, uh, archive groups, etc., historic groups, Sheffield Wednesday groups, um I'm in a couple of forest groups as well. And we've had a really, really good response. My phone's kept dinging for the last few days. And yeah. lots of comments there are, TC, how can I buy it? How can I buy it? How can I buy it? So it does look as though it's going to be a great seller for uh, you and the young man, Brindley. So, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, John's done a great job. And uh, he's a great guy, John. I, I, I was as pleased for, for me. For John, as I am for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a bit strange then Wednesdays without John, isn't it, now, going forward? Oh, I, he's got used to coming up, you know, me looking after him, you know, giving him meals and what have you. Yeah. Uh, and meeting a lot of my friends, and so he's he's really enjoyed it. I bet In he fact, has. sometimes, the reason why the book's taking us long, because people just keep coming into house and talking, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we can't get anything, anything done. Well, I did phone you up uh, a few Wednesdays back, and you weren't working on the book, but John Brindley was there just <laughs> sitting there talking to everybody. Well, it's true, and I told you, didn't I? You know, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, these last couple of weeks, I've said to him, I said, look, we need to get this book done, so you're going to yeah. have to give us a break. Superb. Uh, All sounds great. Give me the ball. Ideal name for a wonderful book of yours coming out. Just as the football season starting, TC, and just in time for the Christmas market as well. So, um, what a fantastic time! Double, double bubble, double whammy. Magic moments, TC. What have you sourced for us this week or the week before? Because we didn't do a podcast last week, so you can go back fourteen days or seven. It's entirely up to you. Well, um, it's a sad time, but it, you know. Um... I'm going to go with Sheffield Wednesday's first goal yeah. against Derby, mm. you know. Um, and I thought, there, we, we, we've got 1-0 up. Um, it's going to help us. Obviously, then Derby get 2-1, and then we get back 3-2. Um, then we go and 
let him back in again. But it was Sheffield Wednesday's first goal, the movement. You know, if we'd have played like that, yep. it, it only half of the games, you know, we'd have stayed up. But mm. if we'd have got, if we'd have got, you know, at least uh, a win out of either Rotherham or Birmingham at home, we'd have stayed up, you know. But, uh, you know, listen, end it there, you're only as good as what uh, your, your league performance showing. And, you know, it hasn't been good enough. I mean, you know as well as I do, I always stick up for players. I always blame the philosophy, uh, the manager. It's his, it's, it's his team, he picks it. I'm not saying that the manager buys all the players because even all that changes nowadays. Yeah. You know, half the time you don't know who's, who's buying the players, do we? No, you don't. No, you don't. My magic moment was a Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, there's been a few. There always is, you know, but I wanted to uh, give Wednesday a good mention because, you know, you're looking at 30,000 or a good averaging 20,000 on a regular basis when they're not playing particularly well. Mm. Uh, Disappointed fans. So, you know, it doesn't um, ease anything, but, all those Wednesday fans, like any supporter of any football club, they died hard ones, you know, that, you know, I'm Wednesday till I die and it always will be that way. Yeah, it's a, it, it was a crazy season, wasn't it? Because you were docked um, 12 points at the beginning, wasn't you? And during yeah. the season, you were given six back. So you were docked ultimately six points. Had you have not been docked six points, then you would have stayed up. And, well, and you rightly say, had you have played and turned up in a number of the games, you might have even finished halfway up the league. And rightly so. Allegedly, yeah. um, if, if Chancey doesn't cut the books... Mm. You know, we don't lose them six points, do Absolutely. we? Absolutely. You know, but this, the problem with all this now, we, we, we Wednesday, and I don't think we, people, not there's lots do, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of other fans yep. not understanding the depth of the trouble what we're in. Yeah. We, we don't even own the ground anymore. No, it's crazy, isn't it? You know, uh, Chance Davis sold the ground to one of his own companies, and why has he done that? You know, he sold that for a reason. And I'll tell you what, my reason, my opinion of all mm. that is, is I think the council are not happy with the ground being where it is next to a main road. Right? So I think something that would have been given plenty of permission for somewhere else. But now he's bought that ground and that puts Sheffield Wednesday in a really, really bad predicament. Yeah. So it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see what happens here now. It is, but the buying of the grounds or or, or actually selling the ground to yourself, in, in, in effect, that's what he's done. It, it's not uncommon because I, I think Birmingham City done it, Derby County done it. It seems as though a number of football clubs have done this, which seems very strange on the surface to, to somebody like me that doesn't understand the finances and how football works. But I believe that the new Derby takeover, there's there's speculation that it's going to go through um, with the ground being sold again. (laughs) I mean, how many times can you sell a ground? Well, you know as well as I do, uh, none of us will know the the in-depth of finances of any any football. Absolutely. But the football clubs seem to get away with more than any other business. Yeah, they do. You know, Leeds United sold the training ground and sold uh, Ellen Road, and it, and it, it all became uh, a difficult uh, scenario for Leeds yep. United. Eventually, they didn't get it back. And the only reason why they got it back is because they couldn't get planning permission. Because that, all these grounds, a lot of these people will buy these footballs, uh, 
clubs for is the potential. Yeah. I mean, you take if you take Fulham, right, and the uh, the uh, refurbishing Fulham. Yep. If that could have been sold, and that's what he bought it for, fire. Right, it's on Thames. Yeah. You put apartments there. Yes. Prime prime position. Yeah. You know, so uh, as the country gets bigger, population wise, mm -hmm. uh, you need more houses. Yep. You know, so so when these when these big business people come in and buying uh, buying the football club, one thing what should definitely be stipulated in any contract. Right, uh, through the uh, Football Association or EFL or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that when these owners buy these clubs, mm. they at all costs they're never allowed to sell the ground, yeah, right, because there is better, there's better deals to sort of you know, if, if, if a club needs to move on from the area where it's in because of you know, it's the club's the club, the, the, the ground itself is run down, so it, it needs a new ground, yeah, or it's in a dangerous position when. When you look at Wednesdays now, because it's on a it's on a uh, on a main road or just off a main road, I, I, I get where you know where people are trying uh, look at it, saying it's, it's in a dangerous area. But it's always or been on the main road, any? I mean, the main road ain't just been built, has it? No, yes. But what I'm saying about this, there's more cars on the road. Well, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, there's, there's more cars on the road. Mm. Uh, there's, there's, everything's got quicker and faster. You know, yeah. so times times just change, and you, you're hundred percent right. I'm not. What I'm trying to say about everything, we'll use any excuse. Yeah. Right, where there's a pound made in it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. When I say a pound, what I mean by that, I'm just using money. Yeah. Where there's money, you know, uh, there's going to be some form of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Eh? Corruption, TC, you know, well, opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, chances. You've got to be, you've got to be careful. Yeah, of course you have. You yeah, of course know, we have. Uh, <clears throat> opportunities to make, to make more money. Absolutely. You know, I mean, how much money do these people want? Tell me. Well, we've had the uh, the Super League, all the the fallout from the Super League. How much money do the big clubs want? But the big clubs will want more. I mean, a billionaire that earns a billion pounds plus still wants to earn another billion pounds, and and that's what they that that's what they do. They they want to keep earning more and, and gaining more um, you look at the Premier League the Premier League was grew out of greed that was a, a breakaway an elite league and it did tickle me the other week when the Premier League were moaning about a breakaway elite league and, and saying how out of order it was and I'm thinking blimey it's a kettle calling the pot black here isn't it well but you, we all listen anybody with any modicum sense or anything like that mm -hmm. They're always going to make excuses and say so and so, so and so. Mm. And just like you've just said, yeah. you know, they've broke away uh, and tried to uh, really kill uh, English football. Well, they did, yeah. They, they broke the football this, league up. This, this would have, what this would have done, would have made it like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to um, pull Scottish football down, mm. but take Rangers and Celtic out of that league. Mm. And, it, and it, it doesn't become uh, a league worth uh, not fighting for. It'll come. It just comes a, a, a box standard league, and you can say, "Well, it's a box standard league now." Yeah. But whether you got Celtic and Rangers in it, regardless of what anybody says about Celtic and Rangers, we all know the big clubs. And if they could generate the money and buy these world class players, 
you know, the, the 60,000 fans, and they could even double it. Oh, absolutely! If, They're both the massive football bigger. clubs. If they could make the grounds bigger, mm. you know, so I get why they want to do it. Yeah, and me. But there's, there's no reason for them to do it because let me tell you again, people want to these football clubs, even Man United, Barcelona, and uh, Real Madrid. Yep. Are the two powerhouses in football? Yeah, definitely. What I mean by that, they when when Man United can't keep Ronaldo, that tells you uh, they can't live with Barcelona and mm. uh, Real Madrid, players wise, right? Not merchandise wise, you know, players wise. Yeah. Because there's a tax relief in there, which always going to help the players. Yep. The weather is is far superior to mm-hmm. our climate. On top of that. A lot of players, uh, you know, once, once you get married uh, and you put all that into, equ- into equation, they're happy if the wives are happy. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be stuck in Manchester where it's raining. They're going to be in Madrid, you know, with the culture of the cities, you know, and the, and the lifestyle. Of that That's where they want to be. So if they win, the, if, they, if, if Barcelona, if, if the league would have uh, gone through and Barcelona and um, Real Madrid, they're going to get the best players. Yeah, of course and, they will. And if once if they would if they win the league, you know they're going to keep getting the most money. Mm. So Man United and all these other teams, especially teams like Man United and Liverpool, yeah, right. You can say uh, Manchester City and uh, Chelsea have come into that category now with the amount of money they have spent yep. over the years. But how are they going to go on if they finish mid-table? You know, in the Premier League. Mm. You know, you can say, well, Liverpool's won it with 20 points last year. Manchester's won it with about 14 or 15 points this year. You know, so it's getting like it, like it is in Spain. Yeah. Just imagine what that Super League would do because the big, the two big clubs would would, would take everything because they get more. When you win that league, you get more money for it. Yeah. You know, so they're going to be able to uh, attract the best players. But if we're playing devil's advocate, have have the big clubs in Europe, because the way that the elite leagues have have been formed over the years, the way that the European Cup has morphed into the Champions League, have they all outgrown their own domestic league? And because of the money that they're getting from the Champions League, it's making them even bigger and it's, it's having a detrimental effect on the Premier League. And then the Premier League is having a knock-on and a detrimental effect on the Championship because the teams that go down with the parachute payment blow the Championship teams out of the water. So so the, the money aspect of it is, is really giving a, an unfair advantage to teams in the Premier League and into the Championship. Well, I get it's a good point that you it's a good point that you're making, but there's two things there. What I, what I would disagree on. Yeah. Right. When you what the, they've cut their own throats in a sense because they've always had they've always had the powers of the big the big clubs. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. Mm. So what what's happened now is they've got even more money, and they've got more and bigger squads. Mm. Right. Now it it should help these teams what get relegated, but how many come straight back up, Gabby? No, that again, that's a valid point. I mean, this season, uh, Norwich City and Watford have both got promoted at the first attempt. And in recent seasons, there has been the odd one. But in terms of Sheffield and Derby and Forest and Birmingham, 
Um, Cardiff have been up in the Premier League recently. Middlesbrough are not too far away. Stoke City, Blackburn, Coventry City. You know, the Championship is littered with teams that were chasing the dream and bust. You know what you've missed out there? Go on. Look at all the clubs, what you've just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Right? Do you know when they get relegated mm. from the Premier League? Yeah, yeah. Right? They've got to sell the players. Yeah, absolutely. They have to sell the players. Mm. That's right? why this parachute payment comes about, yeah? They, they don't always have the best players. Mm. They have good players. But, you know, if Liverpool got relegated, and if Everton got relegated, mm. and if Chelsea got relegated, and Man United, they don't have to sell the players. Yeah. They don't have to sell them because they need to get back. Yeah. Same with, with Rangers, right? They always had the power to get better players in uh, when they got did, uh, deducted points and dropped down to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was the fact that they, you know, they played so they Rangers. They were always to come straight back through. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wouldn't get Man United in them long because they would keep they could keep their players mm. and they could still pay them the amount of money, right? Because. What would happen? They would be on the television more in 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 the championship. Yeah, you know, like Leeds United. And this the is championship. they're on TV more than anybody else. When and they, this when is the that. argument, isn't it, of the big yeah. clubs? They want more money because they're on TV more. And if Manchester United are playing Liverpool, a global audience is going to be phenomenal. If Birmingham City are playing Norwich, there's not going to be many people watching that game. So you can see with the likes of Amazon, the likes of Facebook, the YouTube and and uh, ESPN and, and all the other broadcasting powerhouses that's out there, the clubs are wanting more money for themselves. And where they've got UEFA and the Champions League and the Premier League and that, they're, they're in a competition where these leagues are taking money away from the clubs and the clubs, it's almost like a, a tug of war where the clubs just want more of more of their money is, is what they're saying. Well, but, but you say that. Let's, let's, take, let's look at take Man United. Yep. Glazers have had to put some collateral up. Yep. To be able to, 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 be able to buy Man United. Absolutely. That's not a risk. No. Because it's an institution. Yeah, yeah. Burnley's a risk. Oh, 100%. Stoke's a risk. 100%. Right? So, the Glaziers have come in and bought Man United. Mm. What if, and if they decide to sell the wanting £4 billion for it. Yeah. Right? So, that's going to cause more uh, problems for the new owners, whoever buys them. Who can afford they're it? they're going to be fighting for more money. Exactly, yeah. Right? So, it, it's just a vicious circle with all these top, top teams. Of course so, it is. They're all eating so themselves United, with greed. Man United, yeah, uh, uh, they, you know what Man United say. A lot of uh, a lot of clubs are going to follow. Yeah, right? what, what, what what the Glazers have done is bought Man United. We're not the old money, but they put collateral up. Yeah, yeah. Right? They they know they can pull out any time they want because it can be sold at any time. Yeah, Man United. Mm-hmm. You know, so everything is being done by the fans' money, the corporate money, and the TV money without Glazers putting a penny in as such. All they've done is put collateral, mm-hmm. and if it fails, you know, then they will lose. They will lose. So, but you're never going to fail. We are Liverpool and a Man United. Of course you're and not. Now, 
now with Chelsea and, and, and Manchester City. But again, what happened to you? See, when when they formed the Premier League and when they had the, the, the football clubs change from being a club to a business and they're on the stock market, etc., etc., and then people can buy them and foreign investors can buy them, guess what happens? They buy them and they're not going to buy them because they like the football supporters of whatever club they decide to buy. They look and buy that club to maximise their assets and profits. It's just getting ridiculous. And this bubble that keeps going up and up and up and up, I've been waiting for it to burst for the last probably 15 years. And it doesn't look, even even though we've gone through a pandemic, it still doesn't look as though that bubble is going to burst anytime soon. I tell you you all this, Mm. football will never... It will never, it never burst, because what I said was mm. a year ago, two years ago, that Amazon, Google, and Facebook yeah. Yeah. would buy into it. Yeah, of course they would. You a year ago. Yep. It'd be longer, right? On top of all this, when you look what um, people will buy a Man United in the Chelsea, mm. people say, you know, you lose money when you buy a football club. Yep. You lose money with Stokes. Yep. Norwiches. Yep. Unless they've run proper. Mm. Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United. Sheffield United are not in financial difficulties. They're only in financial difficulties if people who own the club keep keep dipping into the club itself. Yeah. Right? So I want fans to understand this. All these people what put money into a football club, these big business people, they know they can get more money, interest, from the club than they can from the bank. Mm. Right? So when they put something into that football club, they're getting paid week in and week out. Yeah, I'll guarantee you, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, uh, it's come out that Sheffield Wednesday haven't been paid wages. But I'll guarantee you, Chancery will have been being paid week in and week out. Yeah, I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. So these these football clubs, when these owners buy these football clubs, and you hear all this rubbish about uh, people are uh, fools to buy football clubs. That's a load of rubbish on, on part of it mm. because you're never going to lose money with, with the big clubs. Everybody wants them. You can sell a big club to the TV globally. And this is what this is what it's all about with the, with the elite football. Oh, 100% say so. And, and, and the global and, aspect of it. Yeah, and money. On. And making money out of it because they only go in for one thing. To make money out of oh, it. 100%. Anybody that thinks they buy it for love is uh, deluded or, you know, living on another planet. Uh, my magic moments, TC, is Triori's goal for Aston Villa uh, against Manchester United. Yeah, Great little brilliant. bit of skill out of his feet. What a player he is, isn't he? I really like him. I think he, he goes past the player with with such ease. Ease. Um, his position when he's playing out there, if if you, uh, Tom said, if I'm Matty Cash, I'm kicking him up the backside. He doesn't like to track back. He doesn't like to work off the ball. But my word, when he gets the ball, that kick can produce magic. I think he's fantastic. And I think next season, he will be even better. I think Villa will go and spend a fair amount of money and they'll have a decent shout next season trying to get into that top eight and possibly top yeah, six. Top four. Yeah, yeah Cavani's goal. 
uh, against Villa in the same game. I thought his movement was fantastic. I remember doing an interview with Peter with him. Peter was saying, as a, as a forward, what annoys him these days is the, the lack of movement by your centre forwards. He said, whenever I played, if the ball was out on that left, I'd show, I'd go out on the left and, and show. When the ball went on the other side of the park, they're switching the play, I'm making the diagonal run across the pitch to again make myself available for the ball. Can I just say something on yep. that? Because I played with Peter with. Yeah. And, and he did. You're right. He did. Mm. You know what Fluffy said to him? Yeah, go on. It's what Brian Clough said to him. Young man, stop making runs in the corners. I want you in the box. Yeah. Now, will you watch Edison Cavani with his run? I understand Peter with. Yeah. Because that's what we were taught. Yeah. All the training sessions were like that. Yeah. Right? Went to Forest, right? You watch Cavani, and yeah. I understand what Pete's saying because that's what how we, how the coaches were coached. Yeah, right. Cavani makes little darting runs between the eighteen-yard box. Yeah, the width of the eighteen-yard box. Mm. Very rarely, if you watch him, it's very rarely that he goes into into channels. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't. It's like a long ball. Yeah, I don't like the long ball, but you've got to use it at times because it can be an asset. Yep. Right, so what Peter was is saying, I understand what he's saying, it, but you watch the clever, clever players. Mm. They, they, they're in between the 18-yard box, and it's the width of the 18-yard box where they're making little runs. Yeah. And what they'll do, they'll go to go forward and then check off. Yeah. You know, the the player switches off because I think, oh, I've got him, I've got him, and all of a sudden, you know, they're scanning and scanning the, the player to try and find that space. And then they make that little dart, and then they check off, and they find space. So, you know, making those runs, right, for uh, just to chase the ball down, because that's what we love in this country. Yeah. You know, we need to make runs. What's what's going to give you the striker, the forwards, or your team the advantage? Mm. You know. So Peter, with we're going. Nowhere, and don't take this the wrong way because I like with him. Yeah. Great, honest kid and a great player. A lovely, lovely bloke. Pluffy made him a better player. Yeah. And when he and once he played under Clough, he did exceptionally well at Newcastle yeah. and exceptionally well at uh, Aston Villa mm -hmm. and went on to win another week league title and um, um, a European Cup. Because if you look at Pete's record up to joining Cluffy, you know, don't forget, don't get me wrong, the player has to be a good player himself. Yeah. You know, and he got a he got a he, he got a he got a player. Uh, Cluffy got a Peter got a manager what believed in him, mm. and he never ever looked back from that. And when you look at what he were, you know, he gone he'd, he'd been at uh, Birmingham, he'd been at Wolverhampton, and he'd been in uh, abroad Australia. Was he played it? in uh, South Africa. He Africa. played uh, yeah. He you played uh, in America for Portland Timbers as well. Yeah. So. But I, I don't know if that was before he joined Forest, but I know... Yeah, it was, 75. South Africa. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say... 73 is in South Africa. Port Elizabeth. Manager. I always feel sorry for teams like Newcastle, the bottom half of the team. Yeah. I always feel sorry for the strikers. And you, 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 you've made a good point of it. The, the striker manager will not play. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, Might as well see everyone, that. Mm. All the pundits slag, slag strikers off. You know, he's never been to school goals, what they signed in for. But they don't cater enough chances. Yeah, absolutely. You know... Peter with, and if Peter, I mean, he may have been disappointed because he deserved more money. I mean, that the thing with Clough was sometimes you were brilliant looking after certain players, mm. and others, whether they were a big star or what, they weren't. 
you know, uh, I mean, I was shocked when he sold with it to Newcastle. Yes. Right. But if Pete with a, if he if he's honest, he will admit that, and it's not because I love club because of, you know a lot of people feared him. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things. You know, I didn't always agree with what he what he did, but what I do what I do tell everybody, the man was a genius because that he got six world class players and yeah. some very very good players, mm-hmm. and to win two European Cups with that team was in- incredible. You know, your Liverpool's always had top players. Your Man United's had top players. You know, Forest didn't really have top, top players. You could say they got Viv Anderson, Shilton. Uh, I thought Boyer were a top, top player. Uh, Robertson, um, Woodcock, and who was the other one? Francis. Yeah. And then I thought Burns and Larry Lloyd, Frank Clark, were top, top players. Yeah. You know, so to get, that's that's how highly rated I, uh, I rated Cluffy. I get where uh, that's the first time he's ever got relegated, and he did look poor mm. when he got relegated. But what had happened? The Premier League was just taking over. Yeah, absolutely, Nottingham Forest and rest of the, these football clubs like that could not compete. Mm. Now I say that we get a Leicester what come through, but they've got actually exceptionally good players. Yeah, you know, and and they finished up winning the the, the league title. But if they couldn't function enough to win a European Cup, why? Because they needed even better quality players. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love to watch Leicester play football because I, I like Brendan Rodgers. Mm. You know, I may always say, tell me an English manager what's won the Premier League. They've been one, nah. right? But what I will yeah. say, even our best managers in this country are not English. The British. Mm. You know, and until we get a, a Guardiola, um, a Klopp, you know, we're going to fall by the wayside. Now, we have got better players what's coming through now, or better technical players, but that's only through the foreign coaches. Yep. Absolutely, too. But when Cavani did make that uh, that run, I did straight away think of Peter with, because when the ball did go over onto that right, he made that run to the right and then just knocked the ball into the onion bag. And I think that any young kid that, that wants to watch a great forward play, watch Cavani, what a player. And he's just signed another uh, an extension, as now your 12-month extension to United. And Man City, congratulations, won the Premier League again with Leicester. Beating an understrength Man United side, ten changes, and the, the third one in my magic moment this week was Arsenal's goals. I thought Smith Rowe's goal, that volley, fantastic. Oh, yeah. oh, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? And then Pepe's goal, fantastic. And then Williams scored an even better goal. I mean, blimey, it's a little bit like waiting for a bus. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw the boy play for Real Betis last night. Uh, on the right wing. Oh, the one you like, yeah. Jack likes him, doesn't he? Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, you yeah. know. But, I mean, I, I went for the Sheffield Wednesday one because I thought it weren't spectacular. Yeah. But it, it showed that we had got players in there if we'd have, if we'd have had somebody in what could have coached them. Yeah. I'm not saying they were a good team. They, they, they would have survived. Yeah. You know, so when you when you go for magic moments, then you've got to be looking at them those type of things because, like you say, that goal, um, of Arsenal's what Smith what's his name Smith it was what? Smith Rowe Pepe and then yeah. uh, Willian yeah uh, but the, 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 the movement for the ball and, and then he finished off oh, with the, the volley absolutely brilliant quality and he's taking a lot of he's taking a lot of stick but it, I've still seen enough in him yeah and people you know Sammy Stavard will have little things at me and send me little private messages 
But he'll prove them all wrong because mm. I've seen enough in him. Yeah. And I understand, you know, they were so poor against um, Villarreal. Yeah. It, were, it were unreal. Mm. But you wouldn't need a manager when you're playing in the semi-final to get you to the final of a European a Cup. What do I say? European Cup. It's not the Champions League, but a Euro... You know, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's still a European, European Cup, Cup, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I, that's... You know as well as I do, I don't criticise players, but I, when I looked at that game, on, they've got to be breaking the deck to yeah. try and get to a Absolutely, final. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, even if the manager wants you to play a certain way, you're thinking, this is not... We're not getting here. We're, not, mm. we're, we're, we're going to be knocked out here. I'm going to try and do something. You know, so I, I thought they were poor against Billy Bale, but I've seen enough in, in, in Arteta Right? And once he gets his own players in there, that is what an FA Cup is. He's got to a semi-final of um, um, Europa League. Yeah. He hasn't done over brilliant in the Premier League, mm. but he'd had problems before he got there with his defensive unit. Yeah, he has. Yeah. You know, but he'll sort this out. I still think he's going to be a lead manager for him, Gary. Yeah, give him the give him the, the the close season and see what happens. I mean, at the moment, we've only got a few games left in the season. Man City have, uh, have just won it with United getting beat. United are going to come second. Uh, Chelsea third and... Does well, that now... Does Leicester that now third give, now, that, Chelsea fourth. Does does that now give, uh, say, Liverpool's out of the uh, Champions League? Pretty much. Position? Pretty much. You know? Pretty now, much. How can you have two seasons like Liverpool's had? Yeah. Right? And then have a shocking season like they've had this season. Yes, they've had injuries. But they still should be able to have enough strength in depth to qualify for the Champions League. And I mean, mathematically, you... they can mathematically. But we know, TC, you know, you're asking, you're asking bloody good teams to drop points, and that's well, the difference. Is... When you're at the bottom, they they probably won't pick up many points. But when this you're in the top, the they ain't going to drop many points. Two things I want to put, put on this. Hmm? The two major things. I'll go back to the Arsenal in a minute, but. The problem when you come and play end of the season, yeah. it's like tonight. Man United play Sunday. Yeah. They play Leicester tonight. Yep. Man eight, nine changes. They've got to play game Liverpool. Thursday, yeah. On Thursday. Mm. So, you know, the top teams, right? Yeah. So Liverpool have now haven't got everything in their favour because some of these top teams in the top four, Leicester uh, are playing in the FA Cup. Yeah. But they know they, 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 they want to... They want to um, Qualify for the champion, so they're not going to play a, a weak team. Yeah. Now Chelsea will play a weak team against somebody, which may 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 against may against Leicester because they've got a Champions League final to play. So it makes it difficult more for Liverpool, then, doesn't it? Uh, it certainly does. I mean, Leicester now run sixty-six points, so that's um, sixty-six nine points ahead of Liverpool, um, and Liverpool have got four games left. So, you know, Leicester have got to get beat probably pretty much every game and Liverpool have got to win every game. Ain't going to happen. And very, very similar. Um, West Ham have only got three games left and um, need to make up points. And, you know, in, in the real world, they're not going to. That top four is going to be that top four. But it'll be interesting next season to see who will be in that top four and can some of the, uh, the contenders, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, possibly, and Everton, you know, can they make inroads? Because I think West Ham were one from left field, wasn't they, this season? Nobody expected them to do as well as what they did do. And can they maintain it for next season? I think it's going to be interesting. 
go well you see i want to go back to arsenal because all the arsenal fans yep. crucified wenger oh you know absolutely yeah there? you know when wenger were there yeah 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 right and yes it had a dip and i'll go back to why the dip occurred uh they qualified for the champions league when, uh, when he was there yeah every time they never never qualified mm. now they built a new stadium we yep. don't know uh financially uh had he got money to buy better players i'm not saying that you know he did towards the end of it he mm. didn't make one or two uh, bad buys when but when you look at the you know your Henri's and your vieras and your uh, perez's and uh, the blonde lad with the long hair what was his name the french Petit. Lad, Petit. Petit. you know they were absolutely magnificent buys no, he, he built a couple of decent teams didn't he at arsenal so sometimes you know be careful what uh, you you cry for now west ham I think they've had a marvellous season. You're going a bit, uh, bit quiet, TC. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're just going a bit right. quiet there, so it's getting away from your uh, your mouth. Right. Well, let's take West Ham now. Yeah. They've, they've had a marvellous season, and all the pundits, David Moyes, you know, what look, uh, manager year. No, 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 no. Manager year is Guardiola. He's he's won a he's won a League Cup final. Yeah. He's won a uh, a Premier League title, and he's in the final of the. Um, Come on, coming to my head, uh, Champions League, and got to a semi-final of the FA Cup. Yes, he's got all the top players, right? But he didn't break records to sign these top players, yeah. you know. So Moyes has had a marvelous season. Yeah. Now let's hope, you know, I'm I'm, I'm fair with people. Let's hope that he, he takes it on next year. But you know as well as I do, I tell a good friend of mine, John Brindley, United will get relegated this year, Sheffield United. Yeah. Not because I want him to get, you know. You know, they lost a goalkeeper and you could see people, the other clubs, are aware of y your philosophy and how you play. Yeah. Right? And same thing will happen next year to West Ham. They won't get the freedom what they had no, against certain clubs. Yeah. Now, now, I do not want Wales to fail. I don't want any British English coach to fail. Yeah. Right? And because I, well, I like my way of playing football, right? I don't like the long ball and I don't like sideways and slow football. Mm. Don't mean that, you know, you know, my way is the right way. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Yeah. The problem is there's going to be winners and going to be losers. Sure. But if you can win playing with a certain style of football, everybody loves you. Absolutely. And a prime example is the Dutch. Yeah. People still remember them to qualifying for the World Cups. Right. There's loads of people, a load of club, uh, countries. Um, what's won it? You know European Championships and uh, World Cups. You know you you soon forget about. You know so people. Greece being one. Yeah. Well, that weren't football. That was just so. That no, was, but I, I couldn't like, name you one Greek player. And you're exactly. right. <laughs> and you're right. Yeah. You know it was one in Portugal, and it was the most. Listen, you seem. I've seen some team managers park the bus in this country, but they must have parked four buses. Yeah. 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 And the thing about it, when they won it, they were part. Uh, they were. Uh, Parking attendants walking around the ground, and they still couldn't get them shifted. Them buses, it was so negative. But what I'm trying to say is, I want Moyes to take it on to next level. But what I'm saying is, yep. what he's going to have to be aware of, and he'll know he's not daft. You know, people will know his formation. Now, the top managers always seem to adjust, right? Yes, they've got strength in depth. Teams like West Ham don't have the strength in depth, so he's no keep buying players for sake of buying players. You know. You've got to keep buying the right player. What's going to suit that, Absolutely. that, that team? And and they have had a marvelous season. But there's only one. There's only one person uh, should get that 
manager year, and that's Guardiola. Now, yeah. the guy at Chelsea has done marvellous. Brilliant. But he, he's only been here three months. He had that a season. Yeah, he's gone to the Champions League final and an FA Cup final. Yeah, turn him round, but he ain't done enough. You know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's disappointed me because I was hoping Frank Lampard, because I said to you, didn't I? Yes, I know. Gerard and Lampard, yeah. maybe I hope uh, yeah. the next generation of quality. I see enough in Gerard how his teams play football. With Lampard, it, Tuchel has shown Lampard up a little bit. Mm. As naive on um, the word I'm looking for. He's just um, organised and better. Organised, yeah, organised, mm. yeah. You know, so uh, we all hope that Frank, and I think every everybody at Chelsea was hoping that Frank could deliver. And do you know what, TC? Had he been left to do the job, he probably would, but they decided to bring Tuchel in. He changed things around a little bit, made him more difficult to beat, and uh, he's done very well so far. Right. He hasn't taken away the attacking uh, forte of Chelsea. He has made him more difficult to beat. But he's not, he hasn't gone defensive as such, you know, yeah. where, where they're not good. Because Simon Stamod wrote this year, this season, about uh, Chelsea uh, are going to be fighting Liverpool for title. Liverpool's had a I thought they would, yeah, I thought, yeah. And they were, Chelsea weren't doing over great, but they weren't doing bad. But they look, they look like what Simon saw in the first place, uh, what a good team these are. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so for me, He's done marvellous, and if he wins, if he wins both them two, he's still not done enough in a sense, because whether it, whether it's Frank's uh, not doing particularly well, but he's it, formed a, a basis for it for, for for the next person to, to take on, and he's, he's, taking, he's taking advantage. Now let's go back to Frank. Where do you think he's going to go, Frank? I've heard I've heard a really strong rumour, me. I if if I was. Um... The Crystal Palace owner, yes, I would be looking at Frank going. personally. I've been, told that's where, I've, I've been told that's where he's going. Yeah, I've said that for some time. He'd be ideal for Frank. They haven't, you know, thing is with Chelsea and in, in with the top clubs, the, the expect, expectation level is phenomenal. Now, Crystal Palace have always had a good academy. In fact, there's a documentary about Crystal Palace's academy. Frank has always worked well with the young kids. He's done well with Chelsea when he come in and played the young kids and got Jody Morris as well with him. I think that they would be an ideal fit there at Crystal Palace, to be fair. Well, I think I think he may struggle. And I'll tell you the reason oh, why. Okay. I'll tell you the reason why. This is my opinion. It's mm. not, I'm not saying I want him to struggle. I'm not saying he is going to struggle. Yeah. <clears throat> Taking Chelsea, he's got the elite players. Yep. Right? Uh, he's going to get little... Uh, not backstabbing, well, you know, I'm looking for yeah, words. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Criticism. Yeah, You're going to yeah. get criticism if things are not going right. Yeah. Right? But he's not going to lose three or four games in, in a row. Correct. Do you, know you know what Crystal Palace? Yeah, he will do. When You know when things go wrong? He'll lose three in a row there. Yeah. The criticism becomes greater. Mm. Right? So, for me, if you remember, was it last week or week before, I said, where Frank uh, needs to go is on continent. And I think mm. that's what, for me, Frank would have been better off going to a Portugal or, or, or to a, a France, that type of thing. Gavin working with the elite players, mm. uh, improving his technique, uh, philosophy, yeah. his organisation. Yeah. I think this will be, a, I personally, I'm going to say, I hope it isn't, but I think it'll be a backward step for him and he'll, he'll get he'll, people crucify him when things, if things don't go right at Palace. 
It's a watch this space, TC, isn't it? Book Corner in association with myfootballbooks.com, TC. Every week we have a look or give a mention to uh, to three football books. Uh, recommended, the first one always recommended by myfootballbooks.com. And it's uh, Troutman's journey from Hitler Youth to FA Cup legend by Katrine Clay. Now, uh, this time last week it would have been on this day, uh, because it was early May when Birmingham City played Manchester City in the 1956 FA Cup final with a challenge from the great Peter Murphy, uh, went into the neck of Bert Troutman and I believe for the last 10, 12, 15 minutes possibly, he finished the game but he got a broken neck. Neck. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yes, when, it when really is. Yeah. How can you have a broken neck? You know, you'd think his head would be just lobbed to one one side, wouldn't you? Or but just... I think what it is, it's like, a, it's just, it didn't actually, like, snap the neck. And, and I think that's what some of us think. If yeah. you've got a leg and a, a break of the leg and your leg snapped, do you think you oh, understand? Absolutely. And I think it was more that it was a, a broken neck, but um, it wasn't one of them... But... But what happens is that the, the, the media lead you into a false... Oh, of course they do. You'd think that you he know, was like uh, in a wheelchair. Yeah, absolutely. Troutman uh, plays on with a broken neck and everybody... Because uh, that's, that, that's why I eased it in. Yeah, yeah. You know, because what they should do, uh, an incredible performance by Troutman, you know, uh, giving an airline fracture. Yeah. Now... It doesn't sound as good, though, TC, does it, on the back pages? No. Well, no, no, because... But that, at the end of the day, what I'm getting at, we, we need to get the right thing because it's not fair yeah. when, you know, because people think, you know, but what about forms by so-and-so, so-and-so? Mm. They, wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't be able to play with it. But he was a great goalkeeper. Oh, fantastic. And, and literally was a, a Hitler youth and, and, and come over here as a prisoner of war and played for Manchester City. And as I say, a great book there, well worth a read. I haven't read it, but um, I'm sure it is because anything that when you turn your life around by being in that scenario to winning the uh, the FA Cup. And, and that was the year that uh, Don Revy played as a deep line centre forward. So where all these so-called experts go on about the uh, withdrawn number nine, <laughs> Don Revy done that in 1956, kids. So they're not well, doing anything new these days, trust me. I've seen, I've seen some old clips of Don, uh, Don Rev. He's a player. Yeah, he's a decent what, player, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he was good a decent player. player. We'll stick him in yeah. the time vault next week, uh, Don Rev. Uh, second uh, book is uh, Eternal Blue Forever Green by uh, Adrian Webster, who was former captain of Seattle Sounders. I've done a My 70s uh, with Adrian and done a number of uh, little projects, side projects with former Seattle Sounders players. Now, you almost went to Seattle Sounders, didn't you, when uh, Alan Hinton was there? And round about the 1980, 1982 year, wasn't it, TC? 79. Was it 79, was it? 79. Uh, many of me, you know, knew I was wanting to, uh, to to leave Southampton. It was Southampton I wanted to leave. I weren't really happy at uh, playing under McManamy. I, yeah. mean, I mean, look, McManamy's done great for Southampton. Make no mistake on it. Yeah. But, he, you know, he, he always brought in the experienced players like the Balls and 
uh, Charlie George and Osgood's of this world brought Mick Channon back, yeah. you know, and that's what he preferred to, to you know, uh, and they would get away with a little bit more than, you know, the younger players, you know, and I wouldn't, put, I wouldn't tolerate that as such. Yeah. I thought, you know, we should all be equal, you know, and these are superstars, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all play in the team and we all should be equal, right? You know, you're going to get the, you know, the stars in the team and, the, you know, what can change the game for you? Absolutely. But for you, for you to keep all players on side, you've got to treat everybody with equality. Yeah. You know, and you listen to some managers. I was listening to, to uh, Alan. What's his first name? His, the nickname, Mad Dog Alan. What's his first name now? Him? Martin. Martin. Mm. You know, and um, he's saying, he was saying that uh, Mandovic had fetched a player in five foot six and he didn't want him. Mm. Well, he wasn't going to give the kid a chance. And I'm not saying the kid were any good. I'm not saying they were bad or indifferent. But the kid had got no chance from day one, from start, because Martin Allen had said he was too small. Yeah. You know, Bielsa has gone into league, assessed the players, right? He's, he's improved them, and then he, he's added a bit more quality, and he'll add a bit more quality again. If I was Tottenham, I would... When I say break the bank, you know, it's just an expression saying that type of thing. You've got to have it financial-wise. But if I were Tottenham, he's the one I would go for uh, to take Tottenham on to the next level, Bielsa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know what? It's a possibility, isn't it? I know he's at Leeds at the moment. The Leeds fans love him and he seems to love them. But Bielsa never seems to stay around for too long and isn't looking for another project. And if Tottenham come calling, it would be a very difficult decision for him to make. But Adrian Webster played for Seattle Sounders, NASL, 74-79. to 79. As a young lad growing up in England, his favourite players were Pelly and George Best. A little bit like UTC. In 77, head coach Jimmy Gabriel made him team captain of that season. He led his team to Soccer Bowl final in Portland. On the way to the final, he was voted man of the match for his man-making performance on George Best in the final. He'd done exactly the same against Pelé. His nickname was The Shadow. And during his six seasons with the Sounders, he played with and against some of the greatest players of that area. So, fantastic uh, book all about Seattle Sounders of the 70s. And book number three, again, staying in the American fields, on with the Cosmos, the story of Steve Hunt with Ian McCauley, forward by Adrian Charles. I like playing with Steve because he says this, he, he plays the same style as I do. And that quote's from the great man Pele. I mean, what a gig that is. You're playing for Aston Villa. You're a kid. You've just made a couple of appearances. And then someone from the Cosmos says, do you want to come and play with Pele? Unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? It's a no-brainer, you know, isn't it? What a, not what a gig. Not half. And even I think the year after, Franz Beckenbauer joined them, didn't they, as well? So that's, uh, that's I mean, going to be another team, great book. What a team that is to get back in, Beckenbauer and Pele into that. Oh, I don't use them. You know, there's some really top players. What were the Italians? Well, you got Giorgio Chinaglia. Yeah, I mean, that's, he's, it, that's him. Yeah, he's a fellow. Well, that, he was in all, you know. Yeah, and Roma before that. Yeah, oh, he was a right character. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, to, when somebody says that to you, you know, uh, do you want to come and play for, for Cosmos? You know they're going to win the league or they're going to be banging on door winning the league when you, when you sign players like Pelly and and uh, Beckenbauer. Well, I mean, it was Henry, Henry Kissinger that got involved with the Pele move because the Brazilians didn't want to, didn't want Pele to leave the country. So they sent Henry Kissinger to have a chat with the, Bra- uh, the Brazilian government and Pele then come with their blessings to go and play for the New York Cosmos. 
you know, what a, what a team. There's a fantastic film as well, Once Upon a Lifetime, and it is the story about the cosmos. And it's it's one of the greatest football documentaries I've ever seen. And Shanaglia is is in that, and he, even he says in there, you know, no one, nobody likes me. But that's just the way it is. It was all about scoring goals. And Udi said when he used to shake his hand, he said he was like shaking the hand of Don Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a different breed, and there is an autobiography, autobiography about Giorgio, and I'm going to buy it and read it because he seems like an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal character, one of yeah, well, the game's great characters. Well, when 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 you start going in his league, you don't know who, who they are associating with, but the one thing you don't do is cross them. Oh, he absolutely. Will do, he will do, he will do to characters. I'm sure that there's a few stories in there by Steve um, that that does talk about some of the shenanigans that Shenanigans got up to, and you're right, you don't want to cross him. <laughs> uh, MLS two seats, uh, four games old. Seattle Sounders are top of the pops at the moment in the Eastern uh, Conference. I was watching the game on Sunday. They beat Portland Timbers two one in in Oregon. Uh, I don't know if you know much about the uh, Portland Timbers and the Timbers Army, but they are a right crackpot group. Just like Uh, Birmingham and uh, Wimbledon. No, I'll tell you what, that is the biggest rivalry, all joking apart, in North America. Seattle were born in 74, Timbers were uh, were born in 1975. I think Withy played in the first game that um, they played each other. Is that a Derby then type of thing? Yeah, it is. There's a bioregion called Cascadia, and it's um, Vancouver at the top, then Seattle, then then, Portland. Portland Timbers, but they have uh, they have a fella called uh, Timber Joey, who what he does he, he stands yes, up. Yes, yes, I've seen that. I've seen it. He's up the yeah. pole, and, and literally I was watching it because I was watching the game, and then they scored a late goal. So he's down the pole, and he gets the old log, and then he, vroom, he starts yeah. starts up the chainsaw, and then they just saw off the log and and present it to the player that scored the goal. I don't. I, I didn't see that one, but I've seen that before with yeah. with, 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 with Portland Timber. But I did watch a game the other night, and it was uh, Kansas City. Oh, right, okay. From, I watched it from start to finish. Uh, played Austin. Right, okay. Austin. Um, I mean, Austin went to, uh, one nil up, and they could not score. I thought they were the better side, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, and then a play got sent off, and they finished up getting two goals. Um, so, but I enjoyed the game. So I'm going to start having a look at uh, um, the American um, football because obviously we're going to be doing this. We have got the European Championship, so we're going to carry on right through, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. I know that Chris is having a few weeks off, yeah. but um, we're going to be doing a number of podcasts and. If he's off, we might have to just skip a couple of weeks. But you're right, we've got the MLS and we've got the Euros as well. And football doesn't stop. But we, yeah. we do need to have a couple of weeks off because Chris is away. And without our producer, we're absolutely knackered, mate, because I can't produce nothing. But <laughs> um, going back to uh, Kansas City, um, Peter Knowles played over there for Kansas City back in the day. Well, well that what after he retired from football? No, before he retired from football, he played at Kansas City. He actually played in Washington for, um, sorry, he, he played for uh, Los Angeles Wolves. They they played uh, Washington Whips in the first, what's now known as um, uh, 
major league soccer cup, the MLS Cup. It used How to did... be soccer ball, but yes, 1967 and Noles. What was the there. reason for that then? Well, what because happened? I mean, we... They've got no players. But they... without... yeah, but you better hang on a bit. We... Hang on. Without being funny to, to Udi, Udi went at 23. Udi, um, Udi went late, had... 25. 27 Udi was. Well, 27. Yeah. Having problems with, with, with managers. Terry Neal, yeah. Whereas as Peter yeah. was twenty was twenty three when he packed in. Yeah, well, what they used to do, they used to go and play in the close season, didn't they? So they'd go, and, they'd go and play football. Like with yeah. you, you would have gone at the end of the season, like Pat Howard when Pat went and went and played yeah. Portland, you know, when uh, lots of players. Right. I was trying to find out well, what was the reason for that. Now, so, see, what, what had happened in, in 66 when we won the World Cup, the Americans looked at the World Cup and wanted to reintroduce football into to America, because I thought that was the first time they ever played. But if you look at the 1930 uh, World Cup, the first World Cup, America finished third in that tournament, you know. Yes, they did. They, they, Uruguay won it. Yeah. they, they um, When they had the uh, the Wall Street collapse, literally America went bankrupt. What, and it, it by the way, what, football. What, what, what year when, when the Americans knocked England out? Uh, that was in Belo Horizonte, was it, in 19... 19- 58. 58. Sorry, no, 50. What, what, 1950. 58 was what? in Sweden. I was going to say Sweden. I was going to say Sweden. Yeah. Uh, it was 50. Sweden. Yeah, 1950. Bally scored absolutely uh, unbelievable goals. The no, seven, yeah. Yeah. I think so. he scored two goals, didn't he, in the uh, in the final. But, uh, yeah, so That's we're right. going to be having a look at the ML- MLS. Um, Seattle at the moment in the Eastern Conference at the top, San Jose. They're playing San Jose away this Thursday. LA Galaxy, uh, third, that have won the most MLS Cups. Uh, five, I believe. Been to eight finals, won it five times. And uh, Vancouver currently are fourth. Minnesota are at the bottom. Got an idea. Your old mate, Inchi, is uh, manager at Minnesota, or certainly was. Right. Uh, I'll, have to have a, I'll have to have a look out for them. Yeah, we will do. We'll be focusing that. So, TC, let's uh, focus on the MLS as the football season is coming to a head. We've still got yeah. the playoffs. We've still got a few games. On this day... Can, sorry, TC. And I can hear that over uh, coming on. Well, we've not got no football predictions this week because right. the games have pretty much finished. So, you've actually won... Uh, the season 10-7, because I did win in the last uh, round of fixtures. But uh, given the fact that the English football leagues are going to be finishing within the next couple of weeks, I cannot get it back to either equal or better your score. So you, sir, are the champion this season. And on this day in 1985, we've got to pay tribute to the uh, Bradford fire disaster, where sadly 56 fans lost their lives in. Very, very sad day. That was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, without doubt. I mean, I, I can remember, I can remember that, uh, and said people had lost their lives, and then it came out that uh, it was a fire and everything. So, and it really doesn't get the recognitions like some of the disasters, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, I've not really seen much in the news re- regarding that. It was 1985. Um, it's only it's... the fans what come up with it. Yeah, they, absolutely. You know, they, you know, the Liverpool, we, all of them, they're all bad disasters. Mm. Nobody wants to see them, you know. But that doesn't seem to get mentioned at all. I don't know if it's because it's it's little Bradford yeah. compared to Juventus and Liverpool's and, mm. you know, all these other major 
you know, the Munich disaster and things like that. So yeah. it is, it's, it, it is a sad uh, case, and you know, it was a sad time for. Uh, and it's funny because uh, Nottingham Forest uh, Stadium got uh, caught on fire in about sixty, was it sixty seven, sixty seven, sixty eight, or something like that. They oh, had okay. Not uh, Forest did. I remember, I mean, Birmingham, I mean, I don't remember, but Birmingham City did during the war. Uh, they tried to put a fire out, and instead of putting water on it, I think there was uh, petrol, so the main stand went up in flames. Uh, that was a clever move, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, well, go on. I mean, Doncaster Rovers was another one, but uh, that was done on purpose by Ken Richards. Can you remember it? <laughs> I think there's been and the a... guy, And the guy who did it left his telephone there. <laughs> and did he know he was an SAS, SAS guy? Oh, my God. Do that. Oh, dear me. I watched your TV the other night. TC, got to give a shout out to our socials. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Current View, Facebook uh, page and group The Current View, or on Instagram The Current View. Uh, briefly, just before we leave, TC, Game of My Life is another podcast that I'm doing. I'm going to be catching up with Paul Miller shortly, who played for Tottenham Hotspur against. Man City in the 1981 FA Cup final that was played on the 9th of May and the replay five days later on the 14th. What was Man uh, not Man well Man City did make a, a change to their lineup. The Dennis Stewart, uh, Dennis Stewart uh, was the substitute in the second game, replacing Tony Henry. Um, Tottenham Hotspur made one change, not to their lineup, but did make a change. Do you know what it was? No. In the first game, you know, you, you you go to Wembley and you get the programme and you look, see if you're in it and you might have done an interview leading up to it, etc. And they'll put the, the team down, won't they? So they'll go through Southampton's yeah. and number 11, Terry Curran, all the rest of it. Well, they come to number five and they've got Steve Perryman. Steve had never wore the number five shirt before. Number six was his shirt. So instead of making a fuss, Steve Perryman wore the number five shirt and Ricky Villa wore the number six shirt. Ricky Villa got taken off after about 79 minutes. He didn't have the best of games. However, in the replay, Steve gave him the number five shirt and he had his or his normal number six And he scored shirt. that wonder goal. Absolutely scored the two goals and the wonder goal in what was Steve Perryman's number five shirt. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I'll think, when you think of that, you know, I mean, a great for, a, for a, um, a quiz, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Great for a quiz, that. Yeah, and also another thing that I I'd learned by listening to other people's podcasts, Graham Soonest. Do you know how many times he got sent off in England? Eight. No, in England. Go on. Twice. Twice. And never as a full professional football player, he never got sent off playing for uh, Middlesbrough or Liverpool. He only got sent off first time against Dennis Mortimer. In 1970, in the Youth Cup final. Cup final, yeah. And then a couple of years later, he played in a Youth Cup game against Carlisle and got well, sent off. And that was the only shall time... I give you, shall I give you something? Yes, you know, in them days, yeah. nobody got fucking sent off. <laughs> Listen, the way how they keep people, look at the one where George Best has got through. Oh, absolutely. You kick him one, you kick him twice, three times you try to pull him down. Yep. I saw Jack Charlton punch somebody, never got sent off. I saw him run 20 yards. Yeah. You wait for cup against the Italians. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I mean, when he got sent off up at, uh, in Rangers, 
you know, they were clamping down a little bit, weren't they? Yes, they were. You know, so the reason why he didn't get sent off is because I'll guarantee you, the first one of it, I had that much stick, Gabby. The first thing the referee used to say, you said, are you going to do anything about this, ref? First one. Mm. I didn't mean first one. I always get the first one free. That's what he used to say. And then somebody else would come and clap at you. Yeah. And you said, well, that's the second one. He said, no, that's his first one. You know, and then you wonder why, you know, I lost my rag with, and argued with referees. And I know it's an hard job for them. Yeah. But, well, they would, I'd love to be able to play now. They don't keep, they're nowhere near do the kick you put here. Absolutely. And that's what Sue said. But then what they do now is grab hold of you. Yeah. They do. And TC, finally, we've got a, uh, our time vault in conjunction with footballmastersmagazine.com, uh, Steve Buttle, who was one of Alan Hudson's teammates in Seattle. And Uddy told me the story of when I played against the Cosmos and Steve Buttle had Johan Nayskins in his back pocket. He said he was one of the greatest performances he's ever witnessed. Steve sadly died at the age of 59, born on the 1st of January 1953, passed away on the 5th of June 2012, started his career 71-73 at Ipswich, didn't make an appearance, moved then to Bournemouth 73-77, 39 games, 12 goals, moved to Seattle Sounders 77 to 82, 151 games, 15 goals, and he played indoor as well, 81-82 for Seattle, 17-8, 79 Pittsburgh Spirit, uh, 28 and 35 goals, that's indoor, and played for three seasons, 82 to 85 for the Pittsburgh Spirit, 70 and 24. That indoor soccer league in America, again, was different. I, can, I know, I can remember that, that indoor soccer league, yeah. Yeah. I always thought, it, well, don't we, you know, having an indoor football tour. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, it was it, it was quite incredible, but you know, only in America too. You see, it's a it, it's a different kettle of fish. America, they have so many things. They even had Crazy George, and I remember when I was doing the my seventies with uh, with uh, with uh, Adrian Webster, he was telling me about Crazy George when they were having a penalty shootout in San Jose. He was standing behind a goal with yes, a bear. Yeah, I know. I mean. The, they, they, there were no draws in, the, in those days. You'd have to you'd absolutely the shootout, didn't you? you yeah, you I mean? did. Yeah, yeah. And some of the things when they scored were unreal. Yeah, unreal. What, what, you know, what had come onto pitch? You know, bears, all sorts of things. Oh, uh, the, the America is just different. You, you, you wouldn't be able to do what they even do today. I mean, imagine that at Old Trafford or at Hillsborough or at St Andrews, a chainsaw, and you'd be like chopping off the log. <laughs> Health and safety just wouldn't. It, it's just, you know, sometimes with sport, you just have to look at it and remember the fun. And we will be looking at America going forward. And there's also a film about the NASL by um, Dennis Violet's uh, daughter. Yes. Coming out very yeah. soon. We're looking forward to that. So, Rachel Violet's new film coming out soon, guys, and we're going to be previewing and reviewing that as well in yeah. the coming months, as well as the Euros. So, I've got my Euro wall chart. I don't know where I'm going to put it, TC. I have asked the missus if I can put it above the bed, but she said definitely no on your bike, son. And <laughs> that's what we've got to do, mate. We've got to backpedal because uh, we're off now. So, thanks yeah. 
for your time. Love to you and yours, TC. And thank, thank you. you all for listening. See you next week. Brilliant. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, Booker. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.